Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 94 of Zion's Finest. This is Kenny Brown. This episode is Noah Pistana's regional report. It's, however, an edited, truncated version of the regional report. And the reason why is because most of the time um, with our most of the time with these episodes that go a little bit long and Noah's when we recorded our episode was a little over two hours long. Um, I break that up into two episodes. So this would be episode 94 and 95. However, episodes 95, 96, 97, I've already got planned and on the docket in terms of who I'm going to be talking to. We're going to have DT on to talk about world's prep. We're going to have um, some other brothers on to talk about archetype discussions, like breaking down ar- archetypes and talking about missions and matchups and things like that. And we've got, I've got like all of my episodes like scheduled to episode 100 and episode 100, we're going to actually record at world's. Because of that, and also because the file size, our recorded size was too big for our host, um, what I had to do was trim out, I would say, the second half of Noah's Swiss report and his top eight match. So his first match in Swiss is actually against DT, and I included that because... Um, it's it's really good in terms of he talks he goes into a lot of detail and that's part of the reason why the episodes was so long is because he went into a lot of detail but just because it was um, his 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 uh, third round fourth round and top eight match it wasn't that it was repetitive it was just there was so much detail and I I felt like the analysis that he was conveying is perfectly is perfectly encapsulated in his game against DT, his top four game, and then in his um, finals match against Kyle Bossom. So um, in order to get ourselves to the right, the right limit, I cut the episode down. It's still long. It's like an hour and a half. Um, but if if it sound it's not going to sound you will go for it. We'll go from a Swiss report with DT to his top four report. That's why. So sorry, Noah. Um, however, I will say that Noah's got his YouTube channel, which I'm going to include a link to in the show notes. He's actually got his top eight match recorded there, and I think that it would be awesome. I mean, Noah's Noah's IA channel is awesome for video for video content. It's pro- it is the best video content that we've got. And so I would encourage people to go check that out. And I'll include a link to that in the show notes. Um, just so everyone is aware in terms of like what the schedule is going to be. Like I said, the next, I would say, three episodes, four episodes are going to be focused on World's Prep. Three episodes are going to be focused on World's Prep. And I'm not, just so that everyone's aware, I'm not going to do like a Spectre Prep episode. Most of our discussions are going to be focused on other archetypes. And that sounds a little bit weird because 50 to 60%, probably 60% of people at Worlds are going to be running Spectre. But to be honest, I'm just not super interested in having... Um, you know, having a discussion as to how Spectre beats other Spectres. I feel like there is a lot of, I think that there is a lot to be gained from that. That's mostly going to be in practice. And Noah actually talks about that in this episode. And, you know, it's not, we've said this a million times and we stand by it. No one should feel bad running Spectre, but I'm just not super enthused about um, going to Worlds and having 50, 60% of people run Spectre, right? And so I, I understand that you know people who want to win are going to do that. That's awesome. No, no problem. But I think it would just be better to embrace the fact that that's how it's going to be, and see if there's any way for people who are running other lists to see if they can edge themselves in. So it's not just going to be you know 15 out of 16 people in the cut <laughs> in the cut running Spectre. Um, but just F- just for FYI, that's what's going down. Um, so our world's prep is going to focus on other things, and then we'll see what DT is going to say. I'm expecting him to drop drop some serious um, pearls of wisdom on us. 
Episodes 98 and 99 are going to be a little bit special. We're going to announce something um, 98 in episode 98. Uh, I'm just going to keep that in wraps for a little bit. And episode 99 is going to kind of be like a memorial and remonstrance from me and my brothers, um, Scott, JK, and Matt, just like us, the local, the local crew has been playing. And episode 100 will be World's Prep. Or I'm sorry, will be like uh, recorded at World's. So that's that's what we've got going. In addition, so March 2nd and March 9th are going to be the online Zion's Finest Vassal Tournaments. If you haven't signed up, it's it's too late to sign up and get cards. However, it's not too late to sign up and play in the tournament. Um, but if you have signed up, again, I'm going to strongly encourage you to keep tabs on the Slack channel over the next few weeks because we're going to be ironing out the details for that. It's going to be so much fun. We're probably going to be starting... I think the plan is to start at 10 a.m. Eastern time, which um, at seven, or it's 8 o'clock here in Utah, 7 o'clock if you're on the West Coast. I believe it's, what, 3 o'clock if you're in England. Um, so just FYI, just so everyone has a general timetable. And it's going to be an amazing tournament. Everyone who completes all their Swiss rounds in either tournament, um, or if you play in both, you get a Sabine Alt Art card. In addition, there are some other sweet cards, which are on the Slack channel. So that is that. Let's turn it over to Noah to hear his Seattle Regional Swiss Report. This is Kenny Brown, and I'm joined by my brother Noah. Hey, what's up? Noah is from Portland, or he wins lots of things in Portland. Um, <laughs> he's going to be giving a recap of the Seattle Regional. But before he gets into it, there's only one um, bit of news that I want to announce, and that is that the Slack channel, what we're going to do is, prior to Worlds, probably on March 9th, we are going to set aside that day to have a Vassal Regional Tournament. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a buy-in, um, we're going to have custom alt art cards that participants are going to get. It's going to be this sweet, sweet, sweet Sabine alt art card. I mean, what we're going to do is have, we're going to, I mean, it's going to be like a regional tournament, but you're going to be playing it on your computer. So we're going to try and find a time that we can get the most number of people playing. Um, and then we're going to have four or five cuts of Swiss. I mean, just treat it like a tournament. It's going to be really awesome. But so if you're on the Slack channel, head over to the Vassal Events uh, the Vassal Events channel so you can get more information on that. It is going to be a ton of fun, and we're going to be discussing the details, figuring things out in in the next week or so. But, Noah, you this is your first time on the podcast. Give us an introduction for yourself. Yes, okay. Um, so, yeah, my name's uh, Noah uh, Pistana, and I am uh, here in Portland, Oregon. I've been here about three years. I'm originally from Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, born and raised there. Uh, moved out here to finish up school. Uh, at, over at Portland State, and um, I've been playing Imperial Assault since 2015. Um, actually, I think before Twin Shadows came out. Um, so I was playing in an X-Wing regional, and uh, I got I was kind of bummed out because I got uh, ninth place and missed the top eight cut, uh, and I was pretty competitive back then. And some of my friends who were playing X-Wing invited me to fill in for one of their buddies who dropped out of their campaign for Imperial Assault for the corset. So I was like, okay, sure. And I show up, and I just had a, a blast. I was like, whoa, this is so much fun, like more fun than I thought it would be. And I got hooked on the campaign, and I didn't buy. I didn't want to buy in because right at the time I was 4x4, kind of destroying everybody. So I kind of stayed away from skirmish, but then the uh, erratic happened, and I the Serastro videos came out, and I was like, mm, I could paint these. And so I uh, went and bought myself a corset, and I never looked back. 
That is, that is awesome. I did not realize that you played X-Wing before you played IA. So that, yep. that's awesome. Played X-Wing since like 2013. Oh, wow. You are a long-time player. Yeah. Um, and I got, in, I got in early on IA. Um, and, and then so I took a break from IA, came back and started playing Skirmish in like 2016, right around when the um, Bespin Gambit came out. Um, because we didn't have a scene before that, and then we kind of developed a small scene. Uh, so that's kind of why. That's why. I, uh, for those who don't know, I really love Davith. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. Yeah. Because I used to run him all the time. He was my favorite rebel. I just like rebel Jedi's. Uh, and then I played like in one store championship, but I've never played in a regionals before uh, for Imperial Assault because I just wasn't playing when the regional seasons were happening. Um, got back into it, uh, I think right before, or maybe right after Heart of the Empire came out. Uh, and because I was just like, I really want a scene. Like the scene, the scene just never really took off in Portland. Like we had a scene back in 2015 that I wasn't a part of, and then it just kind of never came back. So I was like, I'm going to build a scene. Like I'm going to build it and they will come to me. And I just told the store owner at the local store, he's like, hey, I told him, hey, reserve these seats. I'm going to put out the word, and I'm just going to show up every week until somebody shows up. That's <laughs> awesome. And, I mean, I was, I was trying to rope my X-Wing friends into it, and, like, um, I got one guy. I think I got one guy to start coming and play campaign. Um, and then because we were playing, like, more people, you know, people just started showing up because it was on the store calendar. And we slowly kind of built a tiny scene here, down here in Portland. Uh, we had the Salem guys would come up and join us, Jim Plagman and his son and their friends. Uh, they're about an hour south of us, and they would show up and play in our tournaments. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of my history at Imperial Assault. That is awesome. I mean, and we, we should say that now, like you mentioned, there's um, the Plagmans. Isn't Andy Screen? Isn't he Yes. In- he yeah, lives like, over here in Portland. He never shows up. And Andy, if you're listening to this, you need to start coming out to weekly skirmish nights because he only comes to tournaments and dominate, dominates us. Classic. And then he doesn't show up for like another month because <laughs> he plays he plays at work with his, uh, I think, friend. Oh, okay. Uh, so they play each other, and he's just like one of the – he's like a really good Vader player. Uh, and he comes and owns us at our, when we try to have a local tourney and – classic he's a really great guy too that's awesome well andy you should feel real bad and remember that work guy he is not your friend stop no playing is your basketball friend. on thursdays there you go that's right oh that's awesome very very awesome Noah. well all right um before we get into the seattle regional tell us what list you took and how long you've been taking it and then i'll provide some additional chip-ins before we get into it okay sure so um i've kind of always been attracted to broken things um <laughs> because it helps make up for my lack of skill. There you go. <laughs> you know, I'm very self-aware. Um, so, but, you know, um, I, like I, I, pl- I like to play the Ghost uh, in X-Wing First Edition. Everybody hated that. And I actually kind of developed a fondness for the Rebel, like the Rebel series and the characters through that, uh, watching the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, so when Tyrants of Lothal came out, and I was going to run the six of those characters anyway together anyway and then like the day before it drops the specter cell card gets spoiled 
And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm doing this. Wait a second. Turns out this is going to be real, real good. I was like, this looks good. Uh, yeah. And then so actually like the, the weekend after it dropped, we had a store championship scheduled and I took it to the store championship and I went, I just crushed everybody with it. Yeah. And I, I was re- like, oh, did, this seems good. Then you, and like you posted about it in the Slack channel or something. Cause yeah. at the time, so at the time, like it, it was released, I was, I was a naysayer, not like saying it wasn't gonna be good, but like, well, is it gonna be able to like handle Vader, right? Like Vader's gonna be able to kill one of those guys in one activation, you know? And then what's gonna happen? Cause Brett was like, this is way too good. And other people were, right? And I was like, eh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sold that it can like out damage Hunters or Vader or like outlast Vader, right? In Imperials. Mm-hmm. But then you posted in the Slack about how thoroughly you crush everyone. I was like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. And you know, I mean, they weren't all running like serious lists. Like Journal was running Dengar in a hunter list, you know, uh, you know, it was like pirates and stuff. They weren't all like super competitive cause it was kind of the later in the season, but I, I have a knack for, I think no feeling a list power level. Once I start playing it, even if it's against like a weaker list, cause I don't just look at win loss results when I play, I'm always looking at like, well, how, what was the difference? Like how well did this list win? How close was the game? Um, you know, how, so I, I after those three games I came away and was like this list is very strong and like I kind of felt like it was going to be as strong I, I, I kind of am not surprised by how well it did based on what I thought about it when it first came out when I played the three games with it yeah that's awesome so, okay, and so the, when so that would have been um, end of August yep. so, right yep awesome and so like how, how much you've been playing since then in between now and then um pretty much constantly uh like i've been ta- i take a break sometimes so he, the funny thing is one of our other players here uh matt uh he plays it he also adopted the list pretty early um and so he would want to play it all the time so but we would be like well which of us gets to play specter cell uh today like this time so we kind of straight off yeah and, uh, but then i did get to play it in the vassal league that the the vassal tournament um which was like what eight nine rounds or something uh so i got a lot of practice with it on vassal um i played it on vassal quite a bit and i was playing it all the time with matt either with it or against it so i'd say i'd i've gotten i don't play and i don't play as often as i should so i've gotten maybe like 30 games in with it before this regionals and probably like 40 45 games total like seeing it or playing against playing with it or against it okay so i mean like that that is a good amount of practice with the single west yeah. so i mean i i have not i've actually i've probably played i've probably played specter because i did like when it we've been testing for it i have fulfilled a similar role because like i know how to play the box so i've i've been the one playing specter a lot of the time and i've probably played it i would say 15 to 20 times so you know, and that's a lot of testing. We have played a lot of games. So, I mean, like, which I would have considered to be a lot. But, yeah, 30, 30 playing and 40 playing against it, that is, like, really putting your nose to the grindstone. Yeah, and I, I'm the type of player that once I find something I like, I tend to just kind of stick to it. Oh, um, yeah. Like, I like to experiment, and I really, I really enjoy list building. But once I find something and it's, like, leading up to a competitive season and I'm like, ooh, this, this is what I want to do, like, that's yeah. kind of what I'll just do. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, it's the best play, because figuring the list, 
like once you've got a list, there's still so much to work out in terms of honing honing mm-hmm. into play. So so yeah, yeah I ran um, Spectre Cell. Um, I went with motivation. Um, I had been playing actually. I played been playing almost all of my games with doubt uh, before that. So this was kind of like I wanted to get my reps in with motivation um, going up to going into worlds. I actually wasn't sure yet if which one was better, but everybody had been raving about motivation. So I thought I would try that, and I actually played motivation on Kanan most of the, most of the time. Uh, I think it's more popular to put it on Zeb, but I really like Kanan being able to. Um, move Ezra with it and then have Ezra do Spectre Cell so they can kind of move up together as a pair. Yeah, it's a good uh, idea. Double tap somebody. I like that. I mean, the reason why most of the time people put it on Zeb instead of Kanan is because Zeb is diving, or I'm sorry, Kanan is diving in with Ezra and is dying, right? Yeah. Like, that, 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 I, I like your thought there. But I found that mostly they both die. So it's like, it's because they usually will go after the black die figures first. Yeah. Uh, and then go after Sabine. Yep. So I, it was kind of like either or, and I, um, I mean, we'll talk about it later. But Kanan actually wasn't the first one to die in a lot of my games. It was usually actually Zeb died first a lot, strangely. But anyway, um, so we'll talk about how that went, uh, how motivation did for me, I guess, during the matches, um, and then let's talk about the uh, my command deck. So um, command deck was on the lamb, heart of freedom, tools for the job. Force Surge, Force Push, Two Pummels, Negation, Strength in Numbers, Death Blow, Force Rush, Rebel Graffiti, Take Initiative, Fleet Footed, and Urgency. So there's a big omission there that most people run in their list. <laughs> Dying Lunge is the card that I'm not playing. So let me let me quickly talk about why okay. I Dying Lunge. Okay. So first, so okay, so a while back there was a conversation on the Slack. Should we be running Force Surge in Spectre? Because everybody runs Heart of Freedom Tools and um, Dying Lunge. That's yeah. the standard. Yeah. Um, the who was it? I think it was was it Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Janway. Yeah, yeah. Ryan was was talking about how good Force Surge is, and oh, um, and Jason Breggy. Jason Breggy was actually oh, yeah, the one like really. Yeah. He was the one really. Um, Ryan ran it out, and he won the Atlanta Regional with. Um, with no copies of Pummel, Force Surge, and Tools, but Jason Braggy was the one who was uh, trying to per- to win me over my okay. my very skeptical it was side. Jason, over. Yeah, I was watching that, and I yeah. I was listening very closely to the arguments being made. And he made I thought I really liked what he was saying. Yeah, because a lot of times Spectre does leave like almost dead figures on the table, and like Sabine and Zeb are usually good at chasing them down. But it's really nice to just kill them right away and yeah. not have to wait for the next round or whatever. So anyway, um, I was really liking Force Surge. Um, they were talking about cutting tools. So here's why I um, why I kept tools and cut Dying Lunge. Uh, the other thing you'll notice about my deck is that there's no like weight like reactionary cards except for on the lamb and negation. Yeah. Um, I don't run tough luck. I don't run. Uh, brace for impact yeah um what i was trying to go for with i was kind of borrowing from a concept from magic because i'm actually a former magic player too uh-huh. uh, called and it's called the philosophy of fire and what it is is you i i see specter cell as basically being a very aggressive tempo oriented list yep uh and so what they want to do is they want to establish a dominating position early put the opponent on the back foot 
and then just keep them there and keep applying pressure through the yep. whole game. Yep. Like if you suddenly lose, if you if when Spectre Cell feels like it can't apply pressure, uh, or it, it gets put on the back foot, I found that that's the those are the games that I lose. Yeah. Um, especially against like the victory point hunters, they try to take an early lead against you to stop you from doing that. Yeah. So what I wanted to do with my command deck is I wanted to have every card, as, and especially since you're, I'm not drawing, um, I'm not drawing extra cards, right? I'm kind of just yeah. stuck with the four cards I start with. Yep. Um, when after a draw, or I guess five, if you have five a after you after your first round, with I, your I, tumble, I, right? Yeah. yeah. So. I don't want to have cards early that are air. I want to have all gas in my hand. Yeah. I don't want to have cards that are like I can't use or I have to wait to use. So every card in the deck is is proactive and allows me to basically play out play them whenever I want to or whenever I feel like it. Um, and that way I can be very proactive in my games and put my opponent on the back foot and apply pressure to them from from the very start. There are a lot of games where I actually emptied out my hand on like round two. Wow, like that's early crazy. on in round two, just and just like did a ton of stuff with my command cards, and that's the kind of stuff that Han Rangers and them can do, just because they have seven cards, so they'll often play like three or four at once, right? Yeah. So I wanted to be able to do that without having to have all the card draw. So Man. I basically went for redundancy in my command deck. Now tell me, so now um. Knowing that Ryan Janway didn't run any copies of Pummel, he so he he dropped Pummel and he did four surge and I don't know what his other point was, what his zero point card was. Um, like, do you think that would you would you do that instead? So run be able to run Dying Lunge tools, um, four surge and drop your Pummels. Would you consider that, or do you just not think? You I think wouldn't drop. So I wouldn't drop the Pummels because again, those are what allow me to kill stuff early and quickly before yeah. I start losing figures. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I just want to say that Dying Lunge... So Dying Lunge is just strictly more powerful than Force Surge. Yeah. Right? right? You get a full attack, all yep. three dice. Force Surge is just two damage and a strain. Yep. It's just... it's In a vacuum, it's more powerful. But the Force Surge gives me more control over where that damage goes. Yep. And That's so I can, I can leverage that damage like a lot better... Instead of just hoping I randomly get to attack something and kill it that is close to me, which is up, really up to my opponent. Like, they yep. have to decide if I, what I get to kill with Dying Lunge most of the time, unless they're, like, all melee. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, so, like, against Han Rangers, right? Like, that is... They, right. they might not give you any targets, right? right. Like, they it could, could very well be the case that you don't have anyone to attack. Exactly. So, dying, and Dying Lunge has been really good for me in testing, like, because nobody plays around it. Um, they just weren't people weren't playing around it and testing, and I was just getting free kills off of it. Yeah, but I felt like by now a lot of the people, a lot of people are gonna know about it, um, and they're they're gonna play around it or make it so I don't capitalize on it as much. Yeah, people are thinking about it now. Um, and Force Surge did get me a lot of kills. Um, I think it got me two kills during the during the round during the tournament mm-hmm. when I and that was when I drew it. Awesome, awesome. All right, well. I mean, obviously, we can't argue with your results, so let's get into your Swiss. Um, okay, so round one uh, was on Uskru Stashes. I actually used my store championship buy that I got um, during the summer. Wise. I, I was the only one that used it because everyone else had used theirs at uh, the Vancouver Regionals. Yep. So I, it was me and one other person. that Since I took a buy, it gave somebody else a buy. 
Um, how many players were at the tournament? 16 players. Which is, that's a good showing. I mean, I don't know how many they had last year, but that's a dang good showing. And none of the Southern California, so like the fully armed and operational guys didn't, didn't uh, fly up. So that was, yeah. that's, that's a good showing. Yeah, it was good. Um, and then, okay, so the, so I, I was pretty lucky that that was our first, uh, first round because I consider that to be my weakest map for my Spectre cells anyway, uh, is the Uskru stashes. So uh, lucked out, doesn't have to play that. And then uh, round two, I get paired against Daniel Taylor. So I was like, okay, great. I get to uh, kind of skip this out of the way. There you go. That's right. Let's, get let's, get get your loss get your loss over with. Yeah, let's get this loss out of the way, and I can go on with the rest of my day. <laughs> there you go. Because I have played Daniel Taylor on Vassal several times, and I've never beaten him. Like, yeah, and he's so he's so good. Even when he plays Jank, he crushes me. So yeah, he's so he's the best. I think it was Ig, um, Hondo, Vinto, Gideon, three PO, R two, Java, Java. Okay, yeah. Right, yeah. and then he and must then, have had a elite Jawa in there, he, and he had two points for punishing strike. Yep. So that was that was cool, and that kind of worried me because you know that means that Vinto can stun whenever he wants to. Yep. Um, I'm sure he had, a, and I knew he had a, had a bunch of other tricks. So, but I was like, thankfully, I have motivation. Yep. Uh, okay, so. Um, we were playing on the weapons on Tarkin Initiative. Okay. And I got initiative, so I took the treehouse side, the, the green grass side. Yep. Um, and so I had recently just worked out a new opening for this map where... So what I do is I put um, Zeb and Kanan, I move them towards my terminal, um, and then I keep Sabine and Hera kind of near the door. Okay. And I put Ezra so he can brash four to be next to my terminal door. Yep. And then what I do is on my first activation, so yeah, my first activation, since I'm on the treehouse side, I have Hera move two spaces to the and open the door. Yep. And then move two spaces back. Okay. So she's like right inside the, my deployment zone. Yep. And I only do, I do that when my opponent doesn't have like pirates or rangers. Yeah. Because um, you don't do want to open that door if it's just going to give rangers the chance to start blasting you down the hall and running away. Right. So if they only have like single activation figures, yep. and I if I open that door first, they have to then uh, spend a turn to open their door. And usually what they'll do is they'll spend a couple acts first focusing all their guys up. Yep. Yep. And so that gives me a chance to move then move Sabine out into the open to grab a weapon. Oh, man. So I and so that way she is two spaces. I move her so she's two spaces from the treehouse and three spaces away from Hera. Uh, and I just have her sitting out there in the open. And usually their door is still closed. So I he did he he focused somebody and I did that with Sabine. And so the idea is that then when they go to open the door with somebody, then I just use Spectre Cell and have Sabine shoot them with a Hera boost and then move into the treehouse with her weapon. Yeah. And she gets to shoot them. She gets to use her weapon during the Spectre Cell attack. Hmm. Um, but what I forgot is that Vinto has a command card that lets him take an attack with a free action. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> he focused up Vinto. Vinto opened the door, moved out, and then used draw to shoot Sabine and stun her. 
Oh, man. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I already <laughs> messed this up. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking, so that was, I, I have four activations left. I'm like, oh, shoot, now I can't Spectre sell her back in. Yep. Because um, I think what I had done is, oh, no, I had three activations. Before he did that, I had Ezra open the door, open the terminal door, and then run forward toward his terminal door. Yeah, and, like, get behind that uh, the blocking terrain there. Right, and then now he's in a position where no matter which door he opens, I can Spectre Cell and have one of my guys attack Yeah, attack them. So, um, and then what I usually do is I have Kanan move 8 and uh, motivate Ezra forward to be next to their door. So if they yeah. open the door, I'm also controlling their terminal. Yep. Uh, so then I thought, oh, wait, I have Kanan. Like, I wanted to move him 8, but I'll just move him back... And I moved him to the edge of my deployment zone so Sabine could see him. Yeah. I removed her stun with motivation, and then I shot at Vinto with Spectre Cell. Yeah, that's, I think, exactly the play. And I think, I think DT didn't, didn't realize or forgot about that. Mm. Um, but Vinto dodged, so I was like, okay. All right. That's, that's fine. And then she moved it into the treehouse, and okay. then I had Kanan move over to my terminal. Um, so let's see. And this whole time DT is like, because I'm not usually, I would be passing, right? And I'm not passing. And DT is like, what are you doing? (laughs) Are you nuts? It's like, okay, I'm not sure what's happening. (laughs) Um, okay. So, uh, then the rest of the round was, um, I had Chopper move up and Ram Kanan forward to get closer because he, I knew he wasn't going to put anybody on his terminal before my last act. So a lot of times I'll just Ram with Chopper. Um, instead of waiting, because I know he's not going to be able to shock anybody. Yeah. And then, so that was, then I had Zeb. Um, I think I moved Zeb onto my green objective, which is the one in the grassy area. Okay. Um, but, but not on the far end. The one in like the, the, the middle, the middle hallway there. Yeah. Or like the, the middle lower hallway. The middle grassy hallway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he double moved over to that so I could control that. Um, objective, and then he moved IG up and shot Zeb with for one attack and did like I want to say like three damage, mm-hmm. and then moved IG back into his deployment zone. Okay. Okay. So then, um, so initiative passes to him. Um, Ezra, I have Ezra Brash down towards his deployment zone because he did not open his terminal door. Okay. He didn't really move any of his guys over there. I think he put one person on. I think he put the Jawa on the terminal. I think I don't remember. Um, <clears throat> but basically, like. I, I just we were gonna fight by his door, his lower door, yep. upper door. If you're looking at Vassal, um, so I was yeah. So uh, sorry, I'm looking at my notes here. So Ezra, yeah, Ezra brashed over, and then I had take initiative, and he did not have negation. Oh boy! So I got an unanswered takeoff on him, and I activated. I think I activated with uh, Kanan, and I used like urgency to get Kanan up to him. And then uh, Spectre celled Ezra. Oh, boy. I think that's what happened. It was either I activated Kanan or I activated Ezra, but I think I did Kanan first. And what I did was um, I went. Out, I actually went after uh, Greedo first because he okay. had focused up Greedo and Hondo, I think. So I, and I wanted to go after Greedo because I thought, well, I, can, I could one-shot Greedo here, and then I would take away one of his attacks. Okay. I can't kill IG before he activates, and I want to kill something before it activates. Yeah. So I went, I went after Greedo. Um, I think I did six. 
I think it was just one short. Okay. And then that was with the Spectre Cell, but I was able to get up to him because of urgency with Kanan. So I basically was like, you know what, I'm just going to attack this one health um, Greedo with Kanan. Oof. You know, you know, you want to use a grenade, but I, the whole point was to deny him an attack. Yeah. So I finished him off with Kanan. He did a parting shot on Ezra, and I burned on the lamb. Okay. And I ran deeper into his deployment zone back behind his uh, support figures. Man. So I kill Greedo, and then he activates IG, um, and he steps up and shoots at Zeb, I want to say. And I think he did, like, I don't know. I, I, I think he only did, like, three damage on each attack. Like, I was going really high. Mm. And that's going to be kind of a theme through this whole match is me it, high rolling. Inter- interesting. Why, but I wonder why he didn't go for Ezra now that you've, he's burned Blade or he's burned on the lamb. And being able to deny a fixed die attack, I mean, I know he obviously doesn't have like... I think it was because like, Ezra had moved so far away and behind his backline figures that uh, IG couldn't see okay. it with just a two-step. That two makes step. sense. Okay, that he makes could, sense. He could, he could get a double tap against Zeb with the two-step. Okay, that so makes I think sense. that's what he did. Um, okay. And then he did, yeah, he only did like six damage total, I want to say. Yeah, not enough. Um, but I think he stunned... Zeb with uh, the Dart card. Oh yeah, Toxic Dart. He played Toxic Dart and he used stun- he used Punishing Strike to turn it into a stun. Yeah, which is good. That's so, a good play. Yeah, it's really good. Because um, Zeb can't be motivated. Uh, can't be motivated. Because I used Kanan already. Yeah. Well, and and it has to be lesser than right. Oh so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. True. yeah. Um. Okay, so then I think I activated Zeb. So I removed the stun. I'm trying to remember. I think I walked over to uh, IG and just did a melee attack. See, it's 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 funny. We basically just had this big fight in his deployment yeah, zone. Just a massive scrim. Yeah, but what what I remember specifically though was that he was low rolling a lot and I was high rolling on my defense dice. Mm, so man. I think he sent up uh, Hondo. Oh no, that was later. So I think what happened was okay. Here, here's what happened. He he when he double tapped Zeb, I actually think he did more than I thought. I remember, but he should have killed him with the damage he had, but instead Zeb was left with two health. Ooh. I remember picking up a, a red weapon with Zeb oh, and then man. attacking him with it once. Oh, man. So I don't know if he stunned Zeb or stunned Kanan. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, uh, so then what happened was Vinto came over and unfocused Vinto shot Kanan twice. Okay. Low rolled badly um, and only did like two damage total. Yeah, but he was able to kill Zab with the um, bolt bolt slinger. Rapid fire, yep. Yeah, rapid fire bolt slinger. Bolt slinger, yep. Mm-hmm. So he finished off Zeb. So again, Zeb died first just because he had been put out in the open. I pushed up Sabine, and I uh, he had he had Vinto hiding in the. You see, it's hard for me to remember. He had I think he moved Vinto back into hiding. Okay. Deployment zone. I moved I moved Sabine up and. Did just a grenade and I got two damage on Java and Vinto. Oh man! Like that. Um, and I don't think I rolled a zero damage on my parting gifts all day. So oh, yeah, like, <laughs> sometimes you run hot. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I think what happened was he focused Hondo, and I didn't realize that Hondo had picked up a weapon. Hmm. So he sent Hondo over and attacked Kanan. And Kanan had, like, eight health left, so I was like, okay, focus Hondo, like, 
if I don't, and I was up by quite a bit of points, I was like, focus Hondo, if I, if I just pay the points, like, I can survive. Because I think it was, like, the last activation, and I wanted to get another activation out of Kanan. Yeah. So I, I, pay, I paid the points to him. And it was so funny because this whole time before that, he had been like, every time he attacked me, he was like, he's like, okay, negotiation. And he'd pick up his, his notebook and his life total no- or points notebook and start writing. Yeah. Like, like he's trying to get me to pay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I tried broke, to hustle you. I broke my rule, which is never pay Hondo. Yeah. And I paid him. And then he's like, okay, I'll roll my extra dice. And it was like five dice. I was like, oh, <laughs> shoot, I forgot. <laughs> And so I lost Kanan and gave him a free celebration. Oh, classic. Um, so I lost. So at that point, I had lost Kanan, Zeb, um, and killed Greedo. Just and Greedo, I, huh? Yeah, I think it was just Greedo. I'd done a ton of damage to IG. IG. Yep. Um, You've also not burned on the land from him yet, right? Right. And he has yeah. not played Blaze. Okay. Uh, and I think I did a ton of damage to IG with my Ezra activation. Okay. Um, so I had him, yeah, I had IG at like 11 or, t- I don't know, 10 or 11. Okay. Um, so we go into the next round. Uh, he has he has it, and I think he activates IG. He like, I think I dodged one of IG's attacks with Sabine. Okay. And he had double tap, so he couldn't get far enough away to get away from uh, Ezra. And he didn't have Blaze. And I, oh, think that's a, I think I killed him with Ezra with a pummel. Ooh. And again, like, this was the first match of the day, and I, so it was a long day, so I might be getting yeah. the details wrong. But I know I killed IG in the third round. Um, and then what happened was uh, I moved up and killed... So then I moved up Sabine, and I uh, put... Let's see. Oh, no, what, what was it? Oh no! It was. Uh, see now I'm thinking wrong because I I'm like Kane. I know Kane and I attacked Jabba with Kane at some point. Wow! And I had done like six damage to him. I did six damage to him with Kane. So Jabba had eight on him. Vinto had two damage on him. And I know Sabine then came up and uh, she did a parting gift on Jabba because Vinto was too far away and she did two damage to Jabba with the parting gift and killed him. Wow. And then she attacked Vinto and did six to him and wow. killed him. Like exactly six. Holy smokes. And a bunch of these a bunch of my attacks were doing that. We're just like high rolling and doing like perfect damage. Yeah. So I think uh I killed Jabba, IG, Greedo. I know I killed an E Jawa in there somewhere. And then I think at that point and at this whole time I'm the only one who's been scoring uh the objectives. Mm. Because he's had to stay in his deployment zone. Yeah. Um, Hera's been in the back, and she went up and picked up a weapon on round two, and then she came in on round three and, like, messed somebody up. Because <laughs> why not? Because she had with four dice, so. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So I think at that point, it was just, like, I had gotten so many lucky rolls uh, against him that it, it, it came to my, to my win. I mean, like, at this point, like, you're just, again, you're just beating him with math, right? Like It was math killed. and some yeah. luck. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but, like, that's kind of the point is, like, once you get ahead in, like, if you get lucky, right, and, yeah. like, roll a dodge or roll high damage, now your opponent, this is the classic story against Spectre Cells, 
once your opponent or once a specter cell player if something breaks their way right like they didn't need that in order to win but now it's just so much harder for their opponent to come back from that and again though because i had so many movement cards in my deck like i basically went in all all in on all the movement cards um i was able to get in deep enough to his deployment zone early enough yep to actually like do some damage because he he had stayed back far enough um, to kind of stay away, but it was just the motivation, urgency, You're coming for him. all that stuff was able to get me in there to get damage with the, the Jedis. So going into top eight. Oh, and by the way, I thought that I had to get top four to get the dice. Yeah. And all I really wanted were the dice. <laughs> yeah. Because I have not been to regionals. I haven't been to worlds. I have just regular stock dice. Oh, and everyone oh, has these barbarian. Everyone has these cool dice, and I was like, yeah. "This is my. I just want dice, and I'll be happy." Yeah. And then they gave me the dice, and I'm like, "Wait, isn't this top four? And they're like, "No, no it's top eight. I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> this <laughs> game is awesome. It's just fun now. I'm just having fun." Yeah. Yeah. So um, okay, so going into the semifinals, uh, and again, I find this is where I found out that um, Daniel Taylor got eliminated. Yeah, he lost in the top. No, top top eight in the quarter. Oh, he did lose top eight in the quarter to 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 Steven, Steven, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think Steven was like got a bunch of dodges or something. Yeah, he did. I mean, Steven's really good. So you know, I I'm not discouraging sure. either of them. I'm just saying that like I heard when I, you got to you got to roll a few dodges to beat DT. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah, and because I was expecting like you know I beat him in the Swiss, but I was like, yeah, it's never that's not going to happen again. We're going to yeah. beat each other in the in the eliminations, and I'm going to go home with. Hopefully my set of dice. Yeah, your sweet dice. Well, then when I heard that he had got eliminated, I was like, oh, like, I want to play DT again. <laughs> yes. I was like, maybe this might be, might happen. Like, maybe. Yeah. But I I, wasn't, yeah. I really wasn't expecting to win the whole tournament. Just, I'm used to getting top and then going home. But. Yeah. Um, okay, so going into the semifinals, um, I get paired up against Amber. Okay. Nine-year-old Amber. The one of the prodigies. One of the prodigies, um, and her she, her twin sister was also really good. And I want to just give both of them credit because they both wanted asked to play on camera, and they both won their feature matches. That's <laughs> so awesome! awesome. Oh, that is awesome. They're so awesome, and their parents are so awesome for playing IA with. Them. Yeah, their parents are awesome. Let's get real about that. So, um, so I get paired up against Amber. Um, I put. And I, yeah, I chose not to play on camera because I figured I don't want another Spectre mirror on yeah. camera. So we play. We ended up playing on the control map on Moss Eisley. Um, she takes the interior side, which is the better side. Yep. Um, and we kind of just start off with positioning. Um, I kind of did the same thing where I what did I do? Yeah. So I push. I move Hera um, up against the the uh blocking terrain in the middle and then i had used motivation to get um sabine far enough in that she could move up and take a range six shot on her sabine that was like that she had pushed up against the middle corridor um, and again, it's kind of hard to, to visualize, but just imagine their, their Sabine was like right on the edge of the, the in, inside edge of her deployment zone and Hera pushed her forward, pushed her towards the middle and her Sabine. 
And then, so that let me shoot at her Sabine. I moved my Sabine up, shot at hers. I missed, but I used Hera, and I did three damage. And then um, she, like, moved... She moved somebody else. This one I'm really fuzzy on the details on this match. Um, I was just starting to get tired, and it was another Spectre Mirror, so... Yeah. Um, but the, the important... The thing I really remember was... Um, so after she activated somebody... I think she moved her Hera up because she was like, I want to do that to him. So she moved her Hera up so she could set up a, a called shots. And that's when I used Spectre Cell to have Sabine attack again. And she missed again. Um, so she didn't get to use Hera this time. And then she moved two spaces back. And if I look at the map, um, the way I did it was I realized if I moved her back so that she was on the side of the blocking terrain on the exterior side that's like closer to the moisture evaporator if that makes sense um uh, it's so hard to to like explain it no it makes sense but so instead of having sabine move in towards the middle she moves towards the outside of that blocking terrain and by doing that um she actually you can't draw a line of sight to that square from the the middle hallway unless you're like Unless you move six spaces into it. You have to, from your deployment zone, you have to go one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, you have to go six spaces from your deployment zone. And she had positioned her figure so that she was also not going to be able to open her outer door. Um, She was only going to be able to get to the middle. And so Amber spent, like, a good five minutes just trying to, like, figure out why she couldn't get line of sight to my Sabine with her Sabine. Oh, man. So Sabine was one space away, and she didn't have motivation. She had extra armor. Okay. And I think she had already used Chopper. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe she just didn't see it. But she couldn't get – she just couldn't quite get Sabine far enough in there to get line of sight to my Sabine. And I think she got a little frustrated uh, by that. And then – so she ended up pushing Ezra and Kanan into the middle. Um, And then we basically fought – the Jedi, our Jedi fought in the middle. Um, I think what happened was, I remember that at the start of round two, she tried to play take initiative on me, but I finally had negation. And I think what happened was, let's see, I activated Ezra. Um, I had done a ton of damage to, I had done some damage to, uh, what was it, to his Hera already. Now, let me think. I'm trying to think what happened. I know I killed two figures this activation. <laughs> I think what happened was Ezra moved up. He pummeled. He used pummel to kill Hera and attack. Oh, he, I attacked his Sabine. That's what it was. Attacked his Sabine. And then I used Spectre Cell to have Kanan finish off her Kanan. Uh, so Hera died to one pummel attack. Sabine went down to two health with the other pummel attack. And then his Kanan, di- or her Kanan died to my Kanan Spectre Cell attack. Ooh. And then I used Force Surge to kill Sabine. Oh my gosh. I think that's what it was. Oh, you know what it was? It was because I had strength in numbers too. Mm. So that was on top of a uh, Hera activation. Mm. I think that's how I had gotten enough damage on her, on her Hera. Or maybe on her Kanan. But anyway, I killed three figures in one go. Yeah, that's it. There, it kind of just... Um, yeah, basically, the only figure she had left at the end was uh, Ezra. 
Awesome. All right. So now we are on to the final. All right. Finals. Finals was against Kyle Bossom again. Yeah. He made it. Kyle's such a good player. Yeah, he is. He's so good. Um, so he beat Steven in the semifinals. Yep. They had, that was a rematch for them. And so now it was going to be me and him rematch again. So we're playing on um, Uskru, the uh, So we had gone through all six maps now. Yep. So now we were back to, uh, no, not Uskru, I'm sorry, Moss Isley Stashes. Okay. And again, this one's on the channel. I got this one on video. And um, I don't have anything else for this. But anyway, the way it happened is um, he took, let's see, I want to say he had initiative. So he took the interior side and gave me the exterior side again. Okay. Uh, like you do. I think I had done the same. No, I didn't do the same thing. So instead of having Sabine go towards the middle, so what I had was I had Ezra Brash up to the blocking terrain in the middle hallway um, because I don't like to go up into the cantina from the exterior because that is very exposed. Like there's nowhere to hide there if you go in there. Yeah. He could just snipe me with Thrawn and whatever. So I had uh, moved, I moved Ezra and then at the start, my first activation, because uh, he, he always does his like officers and stuff first. Um, I have Ezra move uh, three spaces. Yeah, he moves three spaces, picks up a crate, and then moves back to that blocking terrain square. Interesting. And that's usually what I do is I'll have him pick it up um, because it's just a free thing, and then I know that I can like carry it. Uh, when I'm playing that map, I'll just try to pick up crates when I can in the early game, and I don't always go back to drop them off. I'll just push forward and like hopefully I'll drop them off in their deployment zone. It's more just about holding them and applying the pressure that you get from them. Yeah, it's just about being efficient with my early round actions because yeah. I don't always like to just double move at them because that just like makes it easy for them to attack me. Yeah, good point. Easily, I like to kind of move up slowly and then explode in the second round at them with the, all my movement cards. So. Um, so then he kind of does the same thing. Um, he has the, he has Thrawn give and the, the death trooper give power tokens to Vader. And then what I did is I, I opened the door with Sabine. I opened the door with Hera. So what I had done is I had moved Hera, uh, Kanan and Sabine into the terminal hallway. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to give myself more movement points to work with. Cause I want to grab those stashes. Um, those crates early on. I don't want those to get taken away from me. Because that's one of the ways you can beat Spectre Cell is just getting like points elsewhere instead of killing them. Yeah. Uh, and then you only have to kill a few of them if you can then, and then go hog wild on those like crates and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So um, Hera opens the door and then she moves back towards the terminal so that he can't snipe me with Thrawn. Um, she moves back, you know, away from that middle hallway. Then I think I had Kanan move three spaces and grab a crate from the middle and then move back to cover Hera. So now he's in line of sight. Um, let's see. Thrawn got rid of Pummel, and then he used 4C to get rid of Negation again. Mm. And I like made fun of, like, you always do that to me. Why you gotta do that to him? <laughs> uh, so again, now he knows that he can take initiative, like, unimpeded. With impunity, yep, yeah. Yep. So, let's see. Um, I have Chopper open. Actually, it looks like because he moved Thrawn early, 
Um, I had Chopper open the door to the cantina. I guess I did. And then because he had moved a Death Trooper kind of out into the open by his deployment zone, um, I had Sabine move four and take a long-range shot at him. And she actually did four damage to the – it was the regular one. Ooh. So didn't kill him. Didn't quite kill him. Um, and when I did the Spectre Cell and move her back, I missed. So didn't make range. The first one was range eight, though, like natural range eight. So that was pretty sweet. That's pretty awesome. That's nuts. Yeah. So then he – let's see. He pushed Vader out with an officer. Um, but, yeah, I had moved Zeb up, Zeb up uh, towards the middle. Oh, that's what it was. He moved Vader up. He had pushed Vader up twice into the middle hallway. So I moved Zeb up and took, like, a range six shot at Vader. Okay. Um, he spent his power token, but I missed. But I yeah, you're gonna miss. yeah. I would have yeah. Oh, I got oh, a I see. Block yeah. token. Yeah, definitely. I, that's interesting. They spent it because I would think like range six for Zeb. That's a pretty far range shot. It's actually not that far because he has a natural four and he has search for plus two and he had Hera next to him that hadn't used call the shots yet. Oh, okay. Never mind. Too, too far away from Sabine to help her. Okay. So it's actually not that hard to miss. And I think I did two damage to Vader. Oh, okay. I didn't do any damage. Sorry. Never mind. Okay. So Vader activates uh, last. Oh, no. Vader had already activated. So what he does is he moves Vader up to uh, force chokes Kanan. And he, by the way, he had force choked Kanan with his Vader activation. Okay. And he had tempted Kanan too. So Kanan's got five damage on now. Um, I use Brash with with uh, Ezra to move four back to my stash and drop it off. Okay. Start of the round for free. Um, and then he takes does take initiative. And now what he does here is he does he uses looking for a fight to move Vader's like two spaces away from Kanan even after the end of round movement. He does looking for a fight and then he uses dark energy to pull Kanan towards him. Mm. And he attacks Kanan, and with a power token, he does, like, I think he does, like, ten, yeah, he does 10 damage. Like he so he's dead. So Kanan's gone. He does it again. He kills Kanan again, and then he does the same thing. He moves four back. And the, the brilliant thing he did was, because um, I was like, why would you use dark energy to move, like, to put, pull Kanan towards you? Like, just save it and move towards me. Yeah. But because of how he did that, he was able to move Vader back behind his blocking terrain. Mm. Um, just tucked him right in there, and now none of my like I couldn't get to him with Sabine or Hera or or anybody. Just just Zeb could could like run in there and get murdered if I wanted to do that. <laughs> you know, and that was his whole plan, right? It's like yeah. hit and run, step back. And then he's like, "Okay, now you can come to me if you want." Yeah. And then, I've I've made a favorable trade. Time for you to feel the pressure. And the Emperor and the Vader are here waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If you want to come to me, have fun with that. So I'm like, oh, like I kind of like it threw me off that he did it to me again. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, well, I was like, shoot, what do I? And I was like, I can't go over there. Like I'm just gonna get re- murdered. So I was like, well, wait, there's all these crates sitting right here. So I just kind of switched gears and was just like, I'm just going to grab all these crates before he can get to them. And I think that's what I did. Um, I had, let's see, I had Hera activate. I think she stepped out two and, gra- yep, she stepped out two, grabbed a middle crate, stepped back to where she was by the terminal, out of sight. Uh, then I think he, 
and I messed up here because what I should have done is I should have used Spectre Cell to have Sabine go and kill that Death Trooper that she had done four damage to. Yeah. Forgot he had picked up a box. So he was able to run him away and go score that box um, with that activation. So I was like, ah, oh, shoot, okay, I missed that. So now I'm just, yeah, just get crates now. Um, I had, let's see, I had Zeb move up and grab a crate from the middle and then move back. Let's see, then I had, because and Sabine was standing right next to a crate, so I had her pick that up and move four. And I was just using, at this point, I was just using Spectre Cell to, like, move guys that had grabbed crates. What a bizarre game. And I was keeping them all out of sight. Like, I was like, I'm not going to let you shoot me with Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, I think I, so, and then Ezra was standing on my, like, adjacent to my stash. He was seven away from the crate that was like is like all the way away from the exterior deployment zone, but in the corner. And I had uh, I had force rush and fleet footed. Here he goes. I was like, I'm not going to use these to kill anybody, and I want to pick up that crate so I can brash back with it. So I did that. I just moved seven and grabbed a crate. I spent two command cards to grab a crate. Man, that's nuts. So that way I could brash back on the start of round three. And so at this point, uh, I think Sabine, Zeb, Hera, and now Ezra are all holding crates. I've already grabbed, scored a crate with Ezra. Oh, and you know what? Chopper's holding a crate too. So I picked up six total. Man. And because all, and I was just like, you know, if you're going to sit in your deployment zone, like, that's fine. I'm going to make sure I'm the one doing stuff. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think I think Kyle didn't expect it. I, I certainly didn't think I was going to be doing this, this game. Like, I didn't think I was going to be the Spectre moving crew. Yeah. But that's kind of what I did. Um, and so I score. I got 24 points from crates. So then at that point, Vader's, like, skulking around in the, like, back behind the cantina. And again, of course, he doesn't, he can't, if he comes into me, like, then I just switch back into murder mode, right? I'll yeah. start attacking him if he comes if he like pushes forward into me. So I'm looking at the video and um, I think what I did here was I had so he okay here's what it was so he had that death trooper that had one health over by his terminal and he had Palpatine and another guy over there too. Palpatine's taken five damage at this point I think from like some Specter some Sabine attacks. I think Sabine had hit him for five. Okay. Or maybe Zeb took a long-range shot. But I was like, okay, I have tools in my hand. I have urgency and fleet-footed. Oh, no, urgency and heart of freedom. Uh, so I had Sabine uh, go and drop her thing off. I think I used Spectre Cell to do that. And then on her activation, she moved seven across the map, cutting over that blocking terrain that, that blocks that corner in the middle uh, middle hallway. Yeah. Threw a grenade. I did, like, one damage and killed the Death Trooper. And then I shot at Palpatine with tools. And I was like, I, I can deal eight with tools, right? Like, Yeah. But um, he still had Zillow. Yep. And I think he kept Palpatine alive with three health. Oof. And so I stepped back with Sabine to keep her just out of Palpatine's... Um, force lightning. Not force lightning, but uh, melee. Oh, okay. 
but then I forgot Vader hadn't activated yet. Oh boy! But he was like way far away too. Like he was, like I said, he's over on the opposite corner of the map. Yeah. But he just moved eight to stand next to Sabine. I was like, okay, okay. Like he didn't attack me, and I was like, oh wait, shoot, and the Palpatine. Yep, here it comes. And the Palpatine walks up. He lightnings Sabine, and uh, does a Vader Emperor attack. Um, she doesn't die. Why survives this? Whoa! But then he plays Force Surge and kills her. Okay. So I was like, after he survived, she survived. Was like, well, I'll just have to dodge the end of round now. And he's like, uh, no, first Force Surge, you're dead. Nah, we'll just kill her. Like, okay, I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> uh, okay, but then and then we move into the end game. So Vader uses end of round to step back into the middle of the hallway, like. He just puts himself right in that the middle of every like that everything. Basically, if I have to go anywhere, I have to walk past Vader. And at this point, Vader he has not played Parting Blow at all. He's used up the two combo pieces though. Um, looking for a fight and uh, dark energy. Um, and let's see, I'm at 24. I think I killed the death the elite. Yeah, the elite death trooper. That's what it was. The elite death trooper is the one that had one health and died. So I'm at 24, 28, and then I had played Rebel Graffiti with Sabine, 30. I don't know. It was weird, but yeah. I'll, I'll get to it when we get to, then get to the final score. Um, I have as I'm going to have initiative. I know I'm going to have initiative this turn. So I have Ezra run past Vader towards Palpatine because I'm like I just need to kill Palpatine, and then get like two more points and I win because I have Rebel yeah. Graffiti. So I I go over there. Palpatine uh, attacks Ezra. Oh, no, Palpatine force lightnings Ezra to weaken him. That's right. He had initiative. I don't know why I thought I had initiative. He had initiative. He force lightnings Ezra, weakens him, and then uses urgency to just run away back towards the deployment zone. His deployment zone. Okay. But I have, I think, uh, oh, I have force push. Okay. Ezra activates. He moves four, grabs Palpatine with force push. Um, I kill Palpatine because he only had three health left. Yeah. Palpatine plays Dying Lunge. Oh, man. And I had gone, I was at, uh, Ezra had been at seven. I had rolled four surges on that attack and I was weakened. So I had done the plus two, pierce three, recover two. So Ezra goes down to five damage. Palpatine does Dying Lunge. He rolls, he has a power token and he rolls five. Oh, five damage man. coming into Ezra. So you're going to, so you need a dodge, you die. And I, I didn't. I rolled like some. I rolled a not. Do, so it got pierced. Like I just. He rolled five natural damage, plus mm-hmm. the, with the power token, and I rolled like a block, and plus two blocks, which all got pierced away. Mm-hmm. So I was just gonna die. But I have, um, I have on the lamb in my hand, mm-hmm. and I guess I was just tired. Or and you know what the other thing is like when I in all the games I practice with Spectre, I almost never draw on the lamb. <laughs> like honestly, going into it, like I almost I had a few. I was going to cut on the lamb from my deck. Because, you know, when you never draw the card, you're like, this is the worst card in my deck. <laughs> this card is doing me nothing. It does nothing for me. It never helps me. But so the, the point I was trying to make is that just I haven't had a lot of experience with on the lamb. And it's really complicated when you have all these like out of activation attacks going on. Sure. And I just forgot that like it was oh, activating I and I played yeah. on the lamb and I ran away. Um, towards his deployment zone. 
and the reason why and the reason why that doesn't work is because on the lamb you gain or you can perform or you gain movement points right you, or you whatever can you can perform a move, a move which gives you movement but they're, points yeah but on your activation they're banked yep. right whereas like normally out of activation ffg's weird weird rule is is that movement points gained out of activation are immediately spent but yep. yeah that doesn't happen if it's during your activation so i uh, going i looking back at that i felt bad but the the truth is that um if we had counted the score right, I could have won. I should have been at 38 from that palp kill. Uh-huh. And then I could have just played um, Rebel Graffiti on my next activation and won. Mm. But what happened was I think Kyle forgot to write down the Rebel Graffiti points. And I wasn't keeping track of the score like I should have been. So I was just relying on oh. him. You know? Oh, boy. And, it, and I'm, I'm not faulting him at all, right? Oh, sure. At the end of the day. So... In my mind, I'm like, okay, I need to kill an officer now because I'm at 30 because he had me at 36. So mm. he just like turtled all of his officers up behind the blocking terrain. He like moved, uh, what did he do? He activated the regular death trooper and attacked Ezra, and Ezra dodged. Oh, man. And then Thrawn, he used he used the death trooper's ability to activate Thrawn immediately to go attack Ezra. And I put Ezra in the wrong spot so he could get line of sight. And and then Ezra dodged again. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> man. The other thing is that Kyle had on the lamp or not on the lamp, he had parting blow. And mm. I think he forgot when I did my brash. As you're running past he, him. He ran past Vader. Yeah. With uh he had four he had four damage on him at the time, but Vader could have probably killed him with that. Oh sure. Um and again it was just cause you know, you do the, you do the you run through the starter round effects. You kind of just try to get through it so you can get to the next activation. Yeah, and everyone's tired, right? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, everybody's tired. I totally... My, my finals game with Scott, I was so exhausted, yeah. right? Like, the thought of, like, remembering to parting blow as Ezra is brashing past you, like, I would just never even... Yeah. Like, that is so far down the list of things I'm thinking about. And the other thing I want to point out is that um, the, the on-the-lamb thing, again, because of the points... Even if he had killed Ezra at that point, uh, yeah, I still would have won. So, um, so then let's see. So Ezra keeps dodging, and and then at this point, like I'm trying to figure out how to kill an officer. In the meantime, I don't notice that Ezra is two spaces away from an elite Death Trooper. That's three points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have Specter cells still active. I just become so. It's like I need to score two points more, and then graffiti yeah. to win. I just need to kill an officer. I become obsessed with killing an officer. Yeah. I just get tunnel vision, and I'm like, I waste an activation with, um, <clears throat> like, pushing Zeb with Chopper, trying to get him close enough, because his, his officers are all the way back towards his deployment zone. Um, and he and he's in the mindset of, like, I just have to protect these officers, and I, and I can still yeah. win. Yeah. And he does. He does it really well. And, like, I activate a Zeb, trying to get him close to them. And then he plays Parting Blow on Zeb. He doesn't kill Zeb then. Then he activates Vader. Um, he uses... Price of Glory? Yeah, Price for Glory. Yeah. Uh, Price of Glory, exactly. He had brought Zeb down to two health with the uh, Parting Blow. Mm. So he just Force Chokes him. Yeah. And then he... Uh, but then the problem was that he was three spaces away from Hera. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he tried to move three and attack her. And I reminded him, like, oh, you spent an action. You only have two movement points. Yeah, for you, price you, of glory. You can move six or you can move two and attack. Yeah. 
And he's like, oh, shoot. So he, what he does is he just moves Vader six back towards the officers. Oh, man. Just prote- he's like, protect the officers. And then I'm looking and I look over and I'm like, wait a second. That Death Trooper's worth three. I'll just go kill him. I'll just, okay, I'm going to kill that thing. And, and, and Kyle hadn't noticed it either. And we both hadn't noticed it. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. And then it just kind of ended there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That, and that was it, the game. That was the game. That is awesome. I mean, what a brutal slog for through Swiss and through Cut. I mean, what good opponents. That's awesome. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle's super good. Kyle's Man's amazing. Good. I mean, DT and Kyle are just like two of – I mean, DT is the best, and Kyle is – when I play – I played Kyle at Worlds, and he is just – he has got this just kind of like creepy ability to, as he's playing the game, you could just tell that he's like figuring out what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden as you're watching Unfold, you're like, oh, I didn't account for that. Oh, I didn't account for that. Oh, I didn't account for that. Right. Yeah. So, and you know what? You, I playing when I was playing him, I like, I could tell like you, he knows what he's doing. Like yeah. he knew all of that stuff he was doing. Like this isn't stuff he came up with on the fly. Yeah. And he told me after that he's played 50 games with VPT. Wow, that's amazing. It just grinds games on Vassal. Yep. And, um, and you know, I know, like, Scott uh, over there gets a lot of credit. Like, I know a lot of people say Scott's, like, the best Vader player. I mean, Scott has played a lot of – I mean, Scott and Kyle are probably the people who have played Vader the most, right, over the last – they actually played each other in Worlds, I think, kind of interestingly enough. Yeah. But, and yeah. I just want to give a shout-out to – you know, Kyle is the best – I think Kyle's the best Vader player I've ever played against personally. Yeah, I well, <laughs> but, I mean, trust me when I tell you, I've played against both of them playing Vader, and they are both very, very, very good. So yeah, I know I know Scott's really good, and I'm not discounting him, but sure. I just want to say, like, if you see <clears throat> if you see Kyle Bossom across the table from you rolling up with Vader, so what we'll do is let's take just a few minutes and talk about what you're doing to prepare for Worlds. You're are you are you planning on taking Spectre to Worlds? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so now with that being the case, you've you've been playing for a while, right? So unlike some people who are deciding to jump ship of like whatever they're playing and play Spectre, you have been playing it for months. So tell us like what are you doing to prepare for worlds? Like what are you thinking about in terms of preparing for matchups, everything like that? Um well I'm probably gonna um I'm actually probably gonna take a break from Spectre for like a month. Sure. Uh, I just kind of want to like I'm kind of jealous of people playing with weird stuff. Yeah, you know I like experimenting and playing the offbeat figures. Yeah, but once I start actually preparing again, um, I'm definitely going to be playing on Lothal. Yeah, but I ignored Moss Eisley for the most part coming into this tournament because I thought it was going to rotate. Yep, and we so. just got a Twitter post from OP Organized Play saying we're working on it on the rotation. Yeah, like it, we're expecting it soon. Yeah, so I expect it's going to be a rotation. The thing is, though, we don't know if it's going to be Lothal or the mall map. Yeah. So I think I'm going to start playing maybe a couple games on the mall map because I mm. honestly, like, I looked at it and I know there's, like, things where, like, tokens shoot at you or something. But other than that, I really, like, haven't really looked at it at all. Yeah. Um, and so I for sure I'm going to be practicing on Uskru and um, Tarkin. Probably Uskru more, um, although I feel like because I've been practicing on those two maps the, the heaviest leading up to regionals. Yeah. Because I just again because I know for I knew for a fact that those two were going to be in rotation. Yeah. <clears throat> so I feel really strong on those two. I felt 
most awkward on Moss Eisley. Um, but I feel like I can ignore it now, and I'm just going to be playing a lot on flux. On sorry, not fluctuations. Uh, low fall. Yep. With fluctuations and blitz are the two missions. Yeah. That's why but I'm that. not going to overdo it. I'm not going to just only do it. I'm going to make sure I keep practice playing games on Uskru and Tarkin. Because I don't want to be spending all this time on Lothal and forget how to play those two maps and yep. then rotate to Maul's map or something. Yeah, absolutely. That's and I'll probably point. start doing an analysis on Maul. <clears throat> so for me, a little bit about my like preparation style. I actually don't play a lot of games online um, just because I just don't have a lot of time to yeah. at, to be at home and sit down and play for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, my wife doesn't really like it when I... I'm on my computer while she's at home and yeah, totally for an hour and a half. I get it. <laughs> so, so what I usually do is I'll I I take like 15, 20 minutes at a time to open up Vassal and just look at the maps. Mm. And I kind of like plan out my turn zero and my setup, and I use um you know um Nick Hansen he made yes his amazing site calculator it's improved my game tenfold having yeah. thing. I just spend like an hour like on my lunch break at work just like plugging in different positions being like is this safe is this safe here is like looking that is such a great tool for anybody who wants to just kind of study a map it's amazing and absolutely amazing I think I'll probably keep practicing I'm looking forward to the the regionals event that you guys just announced yeah, it's going to be. It's a great. It wasn't. It wasn't our idea. It was um, Jason Breggy's idea, and it's freaking amazing. It's going to be a ton of fun and great practice. I feel like I've gotten. I've really mastered Specter Cell. Yeah. One of the things I really like about Specter Cell is that it has such a high. Like you can really get into it and really learn it, and it's very rewarding. Yeah, it's a fun. Li- Brett Brett Kelly said a similar thing. It's a very fun list to play, right, and like to explore. Exactly. Yeah. Got a lot of things going on and a lot of options. Yeah. <clears throat> so. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. Um, are you going to be playing X-Wing at Adepticon? Uh, yeah, I am. On Friday, I'm going to be playing in the system open. Oh, cool. Very cool. Now, tell me, so, I mean, and you, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you haven't, like, ironed this out yet. Are you thinking that even when Lothal rotates, let's say Lothal rotates in and Maul's map doesn't rotate in, are you still like? Will you still keep your double copies of Pummel? Like, are are, are you? I, I guess what I'm saying is, are you still going to keep double copies of Pummel, or are you going to think about going? I know that these, um, like Ryan Janway and Jason, they are they have got every single movement card they can get in the game. They don't have any copies of Pummel because their idea is like what we're trying to do is just get as much value out of individual attacks as possible, not worry about having to put ourselves in this position where we have to like have set up, right? Like it's amazing to be able to use Pummel and remove two Rangers, but yeah. that's not something you can always plan for. So maybe what we do is we just focus on getting tons of value out of attacks and just going all in on every single movement card and then for surge, death blow, cards like that. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that or is it more of you just haven't really thought about enough on Lothal? Um, you know, that is an interesting point about Lothal. Um, just because, yeah, it does, it is so hard. Yeah. To move across it if they, they counter deploy you. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at my list and I'm like, I have urgency fleet footed, force rush, I have uh force push and heart of freedom. Yeah, I guess like what else would you be what else 
I wonder what cards that I wonder what beside what their zero point card is. Maybe positioning advantage, but that's not a movement card. It's just more more about getting more value out of those attacks. So I feel like I'm pretty good on the movement. Um, the the more interesting question is four surge and oh, you know dying lunge is super powerful and I feel it is like so good. People just don't play around it. Like I thought people would. And you know what? I didn't play around it when Kyle did it to me. I mean, I couldn't play around it because I was using Ezra, but I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even think about it. It just was like, oh, yeah, Dying Lunge. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. So I don't know yet. I think I'm going to keep testing Force Surge. Hmm. I think uh, I like Pummel because just because it's, like, free with heroic effort. Yeah. Um, like, I never feel like I get stuck with Pummel in my hand because I just ditch it with heroic effort. Yeah. Um. And I, I often lose I, I often lost one to strain either IG strain or Thrawn Thrawn's uh, abilities. Yeah, great point. So it's nice to have the redundancy. Yeah, that's true. To make sure that you're gonna be able to have one of them. Yeah, and that's what, that was again, that's the whole philosophy of fire, just being redundant. Yeah. You have two of it so you can get one of it. Uh, yeah, I know I'm gonna get one. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. I guess we'll see. We shall see. Um, well, Noah, do you have any other pearls of wisdom for us, for the Spectre players, for people who are looking to practice Spectre or practice against Spectre um, leading up to Worlds? Do you have any advice for them? Um, for people practicing against it, like I think if you're running Rebels and you're not running Spectre, I think Han is really good against them. Um, I think Han, like Han has the damage output to to do legitimate damage to them, and he has the defensive tools to actually um, stop them. He has, you want white dice against Spectre, and you want, or you want, like, evades, and, you know, if you have 3PO there. Um, so I think Han is, is where you want to be at, um, and I think Rangers are really good. And have you played against Han Rangers with Spectre very much? So that's the thing is I haven't gotten a lot of practice against Han Rangers. Okay. And um, we did like once we did a me and Matt did a session one day where we just we just ran that back like three times like mm. Han Rangers against Spectre Cell who wins? Yeah. Um, but we did it on Tarkin, so it was kind of like not a great match for Han Rangers. Yeah. I've watched a lot of Han Rangers games. Though. I've watched like three Han Rangers games against Spectre Cell. Um, if you're playing Han Rangers, I mean, most of the Han Rangers guys know this. Like, I don't have to tell most of them how to do this. But if you're if you're gonna pick up Han Rangers, uh, what I've seen most people do is they just stay in their deployment zone. Yeah. Like, it's tempting to like move out into the whatever staging area in the map is right outside of the deployment zone. But you're kind of just setting yourself up to get urgency force rushed and Ezra, you know, Ezra brashed, like, out of nowhere. Because yeah. their movement's so explosive from Spectre if they have a good command deck. Yeah. Um, so you kind of just have to stay back. Like, only Han should be moving out, and he should be, only if you have, like, on the lamb. I've said since the beginning, I think Spectre is, I think Spectre is overpowered. Um, I am a, I'm a Spectre player, and I'm proud. I'll probably say that I believe they're overpowered. Oh yeah, I mean, like, there's no, there's no uh, genuine dispute that they're overpowered. I mean, the the thing is, though, like I say, people shouldn't feel bad running Spectre, and 
it's it, like there's a difference between like it's a it, specter's overpowered it's too good of a list but part of the problem with playing specter is that you're playing against other people who are playing specter right and you're also right. playing against everybody who is trying to beat specter right so that's not to say it's not the best or that like it's not going to win a lot of things but it's it's not just a simple case of if you're going to pick up specter you're going to go win things so you know, and I, I don't know. I feel like, like, I think Han's too good. I think IG's too good. On the Lamb is certainly too good, right? Like, lots yep. of things are too good. Yeah. And so you got to, like, con- you got to, like, put these things in context in terms of, yes, yeah, Spectre is too good, but that, like, is not, that, that that's not the end-all be-all of the discussion, so. Yeah, definitely. And I think, <clears throat> and again, and I also think you shouldn't, nobody should feel bad for picking it up. Um, again, it's like, not at all. I firmly believe that I'm, I'm a realist. Like I don't look at something and be like, well, I'm not going to do that on principle. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm like, what's your principle, right? Like what's your defining principle? You're not going to run things that are good. So you're not playing Han. You're not playing Vader, right? Come on. Yeah. At the end of the day, you don't get a trophy for style points for having the weirdest list. Like, yeah, exactly. You get to feel good about yourself and, and it, you know, if people do it, want to play those kind of figures because they're fun, I'm all about that. Yeah, that's yeah. If you love, I, if you love East Centuries, you play those East Centuries. I play what I like, and people yeah. play what they like, and I totally am about that. And yeah. I have Vector Cell. I think they're super fun. They just happen to be really overpowered right now. Um, I think, uh, like you said, Han, IG, Vader. I think that's kind of where I need to be at. I th- actually, I think. <clears throat> So the list I was most afraid of going to the tournament yeah. that I never played against was Sabine victory point lists. Yeah, the scum hunter, the oh, scum pointers list. Yep. Those I think have are the best position against Spectre. They like I said earlier, like a good way to beat Spectre is like just get points somewhere else. Get a bunch of victory points from not killing figures. Mm. And because uh, like somebody else pointed out, they're kind of like they're kind of like riots. Like they don't give out as much points as they should when you kill them hmm. so if you can get points elsewhere so you know uh, they have rebel graffiti <clears throat> celebration um what do you call it what's the other one price on their heads it's on their head yeah price on their head yep uh they're really good they have all the hunter cards too that they need to get the kills they need when they yep. need so um i think that's the best position list right now and i think it's doing well against specter I think Han Rangers is fine. You just have to be fine cowering inside your deployment zone. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I've been playing. I've been playing Han Rangers because I think its matchup is favorable, like versus Spectre Cell. But I, you're, I am still learning about how to make trades, how to position, how to be conservative, how to like when to swing and go for kills. So it's it, I, Han Rangers requires a lot of finesse, especially versus Spectre. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And now I was actually thinking about picking up maybe the box um, yeah. in the meantime just to get try something else. But you think it doesn't have a good matchup? It's Dracotta doesn't have a good matchup, okay. right? Like that's a problem. The like the box handles so many things so very well, um, just because you've got damage, right? You've got like two of the most powerful attacks in the game. You've got crazy durability. But if Dracotta, if you lose Dracotta before you have killed two specter cell players, you're going to lose the game. Like, and it's, that's just kind of how it goes. Now, most of the time I am like, I have played the box so many times and I win most of my games versus a specter, but that's like, I've played this so many times and I am getting lucky and all of these things. And you just can't count on that. Right. Like, and so the reason why, I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to take, I think I'm going to take the box to worlds, 
Um, but if if I have not like really figured that matchup out in terms of what am I going to do to make sure that Jakarta is always staying alive, like how am I going to adjust my play style, then you're I think you're just cruising for a bruise in. So he just gets two hit KO'd by any. Spectrum, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And so um, Jeremy in North Carolina, he went to Atlanta and he ran a lover's box. So he's got the box, but instead of having hair and two smugglers, he's got Leia. And the idea there is that then you're going to get a double tap as Spectre is climbing in. And I don't think that's a bad. I think it's great versus Spectre, but not as good versus anything else. Yeah. So what about we'll Sabine? I don't like Sabine. I mean, Sabine just doesn't have as much damage as Dracotta. Like Dracotta can put out. Like Dracotta can do um, like eight damage to Spe- or to Ezra, right? Like yeah. uh, assuming he doesn't dodge, like she can easily, if she's focused, put that much damage against. And Spectre. she's completely unfazed by Zillow along with Han, too. Yeah, right? Like, that's exactly right. So she can kill, she's going to kill Vader, right? Like, Han and Dracotta are just Vader killers. And so, I don't know. I mean, it is it is interesting. Like, it's I'm playing the Han Rangers in our current Vassal League. I'm going to play it at our big regional thing. I'm going to play the box, and I hope that everyone runs Spectre, and um, I can see how I do. But it's... it's um, I, I like I like I you I don't think that if you're not playing the box a lot that you should play it and expect to do amazing versus Spectre because I I haven't quite figured out like what you're supposed to do so okay um so I just want to say like before <clears throat> before we go uh for people who are gonna pick up Spectre yeah so my tips would be <clears throat> first of all so I'll, I'll give three tips first of all figure out what your opening is gonna be on each map yep because you That's have a great so idea. many like movement and positioning options on turn zero and turn one. Yep. That are, they're kind of hidden though, because you have, you have to do them in a very specific way. You have uh, smooth landing, you have brash, you have motivation, you have specter cell. Um, you know, when I first started playing specter, I really lamented not having Gideon around to mm. push people. And I was like, wait, I just get, I get specter cell. Yeah. And chopper, right? Like you've got lots of ways to push people around. And chopper too. <clears throat> yeah. And a lot of people discount, Chopper's ram on their yeah, figures. They're not expecting it, and nobody's gonna let you sh- shock them if they have if they outactivate you. So, like, why waste time with Chopper? Like, a lot of people will just move Chopper onto the terminal and then sit there and pout. Like, do some ramming. Like, get ram your guy forward so he can get to a spot that he couldn't normally get to. Mm. Um, and then that leads me to my second tip, which is if you're playing Spectre, like, really study all of their figure, all of the cards and find a way to remember to use them all. Mm. Like a lot of people like forget Kanan in his force vision. Um, and it, it usually doesn't matter, but, and I, I love your token that you sent out for this. Yeah. I, and I was using it on the video too. Um, they'll, they'll tell me who they're going to activate and then I'll put the Kanan token on that figure. to help yeah. me remind me. Yeah, I mean, it's, and I actually think like Kanan's ability, right? Like, and I think about this all the time with the box. When, if, if a Spectre is closing in, the ability to force your opponent to make really, really hard choices, right? Like, you say I'm going to activate Kanan X, and now I have to decide if I'm going to activate Dracotta or if I'm going to let you have two un, un, uninterrupted activations, right? Like, yep. you're going to be able to activate Kanan and somebody else before I can activate Dracotta. I, I love the Force Vision ability. Yep, and it and it throws people off because they're yep. not used to having to think about their activation until like you're done and pass to them. Yep, exactly. And I, I and it sometimes it even matters like sometimes like usually if they pick the right figure like it doesn't really matter. But I had a game in the tournament where 
<clears throat> because I knew knew which of their figures were going to activate next, I knew where to put Kanan at the end of his activation. Yep. So that figure couldn't see Kanan or anybody else. Yep. Man, and then they so had crazy. to waste that activation. Yep. Um, it's rare. That's rare, but it hap- it can happen, and so that's why it's really important to not forget. Yeah, it's, and it's just another problem that you're asking your opponent to solve, right? So. Yeah. And again, that, and that was just like an example of just know what all the abilities of all your figures are in mm-hmm. the list. They all have like three or four different abilities, and some of them are really minor, but they add up. And you, if you can remember all of them, it'll help you. It'll really help you to gain a, an edge. And I think that's why I did well. But on top of being lucky in the tournament, like I was on top of using all those abilities because I've just been practicing it so much. Yeah. I'm always aware of where I put Hera so that she can help Sabine get the accuracy she needs. Um, uh, I'm always using Ram with Chopper. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, they have so many abilities. So hard to heroic effort. Like, for the yeah. three months I played the list, I didn't use heroic effort. <laughs> I just wasn't uh, used to it. Yeah. And, and it's still sometimes I almost forget. And, but it's so important because it can, like, there was a game where I had take initiative. But um, the initiative was going to be coming back. He had stolen an initiative from me, and so it was going to be coming back to me on next turn. So it wouldn't be – my take initiative was useless for the next three, like, two turns. Mm. So because I remembered heroic effort, I got rid of it and got a better card for that round. Like, Damn, that's so and, awesome. Same thing with Pummel. Uh, you know, you can get rid of Pummels if you lose your Ezra. So learn all the triggers. Learn all the abilities. Um, of your figures so you can use them and get the most out of them. And then the third <clears throat> the third thing I would say is your the command deck is so important because um, because you don't get any extras like extra card draw, every yeah. card you draw has to be pulling its weight. Yeah. And I so I don't like putting in like cards that are going to be not useful on the first round or the fir- or the second round. Mm. So, like we were talking about, you want to maximize your movement cards, and then you want, and then, again, this is actually a personal thing for me, because I know a lot of people like to put in, like, defensive cards into Spectre, and I think that's fine, like, Brace for Impact is fine, but then, like, I see people running Tough Luck in Spectre, and I'm just like, you have no way to trigger that if you're not running Doubt. Yep. Like, you, you can't force that to happen, you have to wait for your opponent to play into it. Yep. And if you're only drawing three or five, if you're only yeah drawing five cards in the first two rounds, like that's twenty percent of your command cards that's sitting there doing nothing. Yep, I agree. So I really, totally agree. yeah, you really want to build your command deck with cards that you know are going to be useful like ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. I mean, I I don't like the idea of these Spectre decks getting more efficient, but I think it's just about trimming the fat, right? And yep. saying, like, what do I need to do? Because no one's running, planning, or officer's training anymore, right? So it's like, I'm just going to draw these. I'm going to have seven cards all game, right? And yeah. what what do I need to get out of each of those cards? So And, you know, and <clears throat> yeah, you know what you said about you don't want to see Spectre Cell getting better? Yeah. <laughs> like, I totally understand that. But honestly, since, since Spectre came out, and I realized how overpowered it was. It's been my goal to get as many people playing Spectre yeah. and get and show as many people how to play it correctly. Yeah. So that the list will do as well as it's supposed to do. Yeah. And get nerfed. I think yeah, get nerfed. I just oh, want yeah. 
Yeah. And I, it's not going to get nerfed if we all refuse to play it until, like, Worlds and it gets 14 spots because yeah, we've right. been practicing it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I, I don't tell. I don't, if, you're, if your plan is that people are going to get bored or whatever with Spectre, you're in for a world of hurt, right? Like, people are going to be practicing it. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying that, uh, 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 not a counter, but, like, strong matchups will emerge by Worlds, but you should be planning on 30% of the field running Spectre. Like, you should just be planning on that, right? And then we'll we'll see. Because that's what it's been, right? Like, that's what regionals have been. Yeah, so, and I, I've heard people saying that, like, they can't get any practice against it because their locals all hate it and won't play it. And so then they have to go into it blind into a tournament not knowing really what the list does. Yeah, well, we got, yeah, that's, well, that's unfortunate. But, like, that's what we got Vassal for, right? And, I mean, also, people just need to chill and play the list, so... <laughs> I so mean, my hope is that uh, after it gets like 14 out of the top 16 spots in Worlds, <laughs> she will finally sit up and pay attention and be like, oh, maybe we don't want the game to end on this note. Yep, yep. Or give us another expansion or fix the darn card. Yeah, they will They will do. I, I, I am confident for both of those things. But Awesome. Well, Noah, do you have anything more for us before we close it out? Uh, no, I just want Oh, you know what? Actually, I, that's right. Uh, my YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I have a YouTube channel, IA Command, started back in July. Basically, like, we were playing skirmish games, and I was like, hey, there's, like, no skirmish games to watch that aren't a year old on YouTube. And I was like, I'll just, mm, I'll just buy a tripod. And yeah, well, why not? And I hit record. Yeah. So, and they are, they are awesome, awesome <clears throat> videos. I mean, I, like, you, you started, when you started doing them... I mean, it was, it's awesome just to have content, right? But yeah. the, it's, the videos are good quality. It's, it really is great. It's yeah, a great resource. To make them more watchable, because sometimes it's hard to just follow a, a game in real time. Yeah, sure. So I try, I try my best. Uh, I've had to kind of back off on the editing a little bit, because it takes like 10 hours out of my day to do one video like that. I know. Oh, man, I feel your pain. I still throw the command cards up there. I try to have the score up there. And I think it's it's still very watchable. Yeah. I put Agreed. all seven rounds uh, raw, unedited, on the YouTube channel just so everybody could watch them, like, timely manner. But I'm going to edit those. And we also put up uh, campaign videos. And I do some strategy videos sometimes on there. So, um, yeah, if you're not watching, um, please check us out. Uh, IA Command uh, channel on YouTube. And we'll include a link to it in the show notes. Awesome. So, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and awesome. I say thank you, thank you, Kenny, for everything you do for the community. Thank you for the Slack channel; it changed my life. <laughs> like I, I was in the desert, wandering in the forums. <laughs> like I want to talk about IA, but nobody's talking about it. And that, uh, your channel or your Slack channel is just amazing. Yeah, for good and for ill, the Slack channel has kind of taken over the uh, the, the the core conversations with IA. So. It's, it's good. It's, I mean, most of the time it's awesome. I mean, right now it's, it's not, we're not so much list building. It's more of like when people like the only list building is discussing matchups with Spectre, which is fine. Um, but it's also, it's just such a great resource now, like really what it's for is community organization, right? Like we're talking about organizing tournaments. We're talking about how we're going to, you know, pick up FFG Slack with the OP. So it's a great, great, great forum. So Awesome. All right. No. Well, we want to congratulate you again for a very, very, very impressive regional victory against a very tough field. Thank you. 
We also uh, want to encourage everyone to join us on the Slack channel so you can get ready for world. Support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Zion's Finest. Thank you again, Noah. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody.